Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. How many are ready to go this morning? Well, this one, I told you last weekend, we had a crazy week. Um, Pastor Diane um, had a ruptured appendix, so we were... Uh, we had emergency surgery, and we were in the hospital until Monday, but she's home. She's um, doing better. She's a little, well, she's not a little sore. She's been a lot sore, and she appreciated every, me um, having 500 people pray for her to go to the bathroom <laughs> last weekend. Um, anyway, she's, um, she's, she's recovering well, and she's at home, so love you, honey, and we all love you, and I can't wait for you to get back. She said, um, she said what is, what's it like there without me? I said, I feel a little lost and feel like part of me is missing. I'm sure you feel that in the service. Um, but so she is getting better. So we appreciate your prayers and your cards and your food and all of those things that you all have done for us. Now, this morning, uh, we're calling this Vision Weekend. And I'm going to take you a little... Uh, Pray for me this morning because I need to hit a couple of things. I want to teach you up for a moment. Just stop and share some things that are on our, on our heart. And I want to share something at the end I just think is, is prophetic. And so I'm going to do all that in the next few moments. So stick with me. So on New Year's Eve, we declared that 2023 would be a year of what? Joyful 23. Not a year of joy, but joyful. How many know there's a difference between joy and joyful? So it's a joyful 23. So everyone say this, joyful 23, it's God's plan for you and for me. <laughs> That's my cheesy little saying. It just kind of rolls off the tongue that way. I want to remind you out in the foyer, we have our photo wall, and this will be the last weekend. We have it up right now. So jump in front of it, have someone snap your picture, make it your screensaver on your phone or, or your laptop, just to remind you this year that that's what God's plan is for you, his plan for our church. There's also a magnet out there. There's a notebook. Those are just free. Um, we always say grab a notebook so you can take some notes on Sunday because sometimes I say really good things and you need to write them down. The things that are from God, they're, they're, they're really important. Some of the stuff I say are just silly. You got to let that go. But the things that God is telling me to say, you got to not just get it in your ear. You got to get it down in your heart. Bible actually says that. It says, don't just hear it do it or you'll drift from it. Amen. And so 2023, the, the number 23 actually means uh, innovation. It means change. It also means progress. So I believe those are some things that God is doing. And so over the last few Sundays, I've shared with you, and if you haven't been able to be here, just go on YouTube and catch up and watch those, just some hurdles to having your best year yet. We believe it could be your best year yet, but there are a few hurdles that we need to champion and conquer and clear. And so we've been talking about that. And on Wednesday nights, man, have we had some powerful Wednesday nights. Um, we've called those nights of joy and those ended last Wednesday. But as you know, this coming Wednesday is first Wednesday. So come out, we're having our own Super Bowl and we're going to call it a night of healing. So if you need some healing in your body or you know somebody, bring them. We're going to pray for those. I'm going to um, just share for a few minutes about healing, and then we will um, we'll lay hands on people. That's, that's this, this Wednesday. So we're going to wrap up where we're going 
This morning, I'm going to start a brand new series next week, and it might be our best yet. Um, and here's the title of the next series, The Unholy Trinity. As a believer, you have three enemies. They are not your mother-in-law, your neighbor, and your cat. They're, there are three en- enemies you have as a believer. It might be your cat. For you cat people, I don't trust cats. But anyways... How many like to know what your enemies are? Well, we're, we're going to reveal those in the month of March to you, so we're going to start that next weekend. And so um, we, are, we have been in a, a, a three weeks of prayer and fasting, and we're going to end this morning with communion. That'll end our fast, and, and hopefully God's been speaking to you. And we, we ask this question, what does God want to do in you, for you, and through you? And hopefully he's revealed that to you. And my prayer, along with what you know, personally has been, God, what do you want to do in, for, and through life point? And I kept asking him and he didn't really give me an answer, but he took me back to Genesis this morning. And he said, I want to remind you of Genesis 12. It's, it's a verse, a couple verses that God challenged me with when we first came here. And he said, I just want to remind you, here's what I want to do in life point. I want to bless them with favor. I want to increase them with success and I want to bless the region through them. Thank you for the enthusiasm, Phil. <laughs> Feels like amen. The rest of me, yeah, it's all right. That's what he wants to do in us. He wants to bless us with favor. He wants to increase your success, and he wants to bless through you. Amen. So here's what I want to do. Let's go to Psalm chapter 16 and verse 11. I have read this verse every Sunday morning, and I've read this verse every Wednesday night. So I felt the need to camp here for a moment and preach you this this verse. This is out of Psalm. Um, This is actually a song. It's literally about eternity, but it also has meaning for us in the here and now. It says, you make known to me the path. Everyone say the path. The path of life. And in that path, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Everyone say presence. And with eternal pleasures. Everyone say pleasures. They're at your right hand. When I kept reading that, the word path, the word presence, and the word pleasures just kept popping out to me. So I thought I would just, I would just dig into those a little bit and, and share with you how this goes with our year of uh, uh, joyful 23. And so when you see the word path, it literally means a living pathway. It means that's the place that God has some things that he wants to do for you and he wants to do to you and literally what he wants to do through you. So there are some things, that living pathway on that path, that season and that place that God has for you, there are some things that God wants to do um, for you and there are some things that God's wanting to do to you. And so when you see this phrase, living pathway, Um, It actually says it this way, I will cause you to know a living pathway. Isn't that cool? I will cause you to know a pathway that's full of life, that's full of energy. That's his path. That's his energy. That's his life. But the word know there means intimate knowledge. Intimate knowledge. So it's not just a casual path that we observe, but there is an intimate knowledge and an intimate acquaintance and it, it means this, and you got to get this. It means that you love God so much 
that you, all, that you only want to follow his path and abandon all other pathways. Did you get that? It means you love God so much that you just want his path and you are not concerning yourself. You're actually abandoning other pathways. And it has this additional feeling to it that you are willing to root out whatever causes you to turn from him to some other source. Little word, big meaning. It says he will cause us to know a path we will come, we will come, um, we will have so, such an intimate knowledge about that path that that's the only path we want. And on that path, he's going to do some awesome things in us, even some awesome things for us. And we're willing to abandon every other path and root out whatever causes us to stray from that path. Now we can look at that path and say, obviously that's the path that we're on to follow Christ's will. You could also break that path down, and it could mean some other areas of your life. So your emotional pathways, your spiritual pathways, your thought pathways, your career pathways, your uh, just any pathway in your life that God, the purposes in your life, the passions in your life, God says, I, I want you to become so intimate with what I want for your life on that path in every area of your life that that's all you want and you'll abandon other thoughts, you'll abandon other purposes, you'll abandon other relationships, you'll abandon other, uh, other passions and that's all you want. You're actually willing to root out anything that takes you from that path, whether it's your heart, your mind, your mouth, your thoughts, your feet. So that got me thinking about this question. Don't answer this out loud, but what causes you or keeps causing you or sometimes causes you to turn to other sources for your joy, for your strength, for your hope, for your peace? What are some of those things in your life and my life that could cause you to turn? I'm not saying rejecting God. I'm saying it could cause you to turn to fear instead of the path of his love. It could cause you to get into doubt instead of faith. It could cause you to get into hopelessness instead of hope. It could cause you to get into to confusion instead of confidence. It could cause you to get into fear instead of courage. What are some of the things in life? We need, to, we need to figure out what those are and root those up out of our life and put the word to those areas. Because God doesn't just want your feet on his path. He wants your heart on his path. Come on, he wants your mouth on that path. He wants your mind on that path. He wants your purpose and passion on that path. And sometimes we're torn in every direction because we're not completely on that path. We think we are, but we're often not. We're a little scattered sometimes. And life and the enemy is really good at keeping us there. But I want to challenge you this year, really challenge you to make sure that pathway, that living pathway, that, that, you're, that you've got your feet firmly planted on that pathway which brings me to my first life point, and it's this, location is everything. Location is everything. I, I would go as far as to say this, that life and, and that pathway is everything. Let, let me explain it to you. Um, we confuse condition and location. Here's what I mean by that. Condition means this. You often think, if this would happen, or if that wouldn't happen, I'd be happy. Now stick with me. If this works out in my favor, or this condition changes, then I'm going to be more successful, or I'm going to be more happy, or I'm going to be more content. 
And so we get that confused with location. Location means this. Location is a state or a place of being. If we get location right, condition doesn't matter. Say, I'm with you. If we get location right, condition doesn't matter. Because joy and happiness are not the same thing. Happiness means things um, are going in your favor or you've been fortuned with some things. Happiness means some good things are happening to you. So what happens when a challenge comes your way or some fortunes change? Because sometimes, you know, things can happen. They can, they can come at us. We didn't expect some things. We're dealing with some people. We're dealing with ourselves. We could deal with some financial issues. We could deal with some physical. So things happen in life. And if it's about condition, we have a tendency to stumble on that pathway or get off that pathway a little bit because we get bewildered, we get in fear, we get upset, we get challenged, we get in why this, why that. We, we can get into that, but location is everything. Location is where the joy is at. It's a state of being. Um, joy is not what's happening to me. Joy is what's happening in me. It's what's happening for me. Joy is knowing no matter what happens, God has this amazing anointing and ability to turn it in my direction for my good. I may go through a season, I may go through a setback, but it's just a setup for my comeback and a blessing in my next phase and my next season. That's what joy is. Joy is actually from the Greek word chara or kara, which is the noun for grace. And if it's a year of, of, of a joyful 23, it's a year full of grace. Now, the verb for joy is rejoice. You can't have joy without rejoicing. And you don't rejoice when things are just going in your favor. You rejoice because of who you are. You rejoice because of who he is. You rejoice for the promises he's made. Not just the promises he's made, but the promises that he can only keep. He's not a man that he would lie about them. We, we talked on Wednesday nights, uh, one of our Wednesday nights, the Bible says, whenever you're challenged with something, consider it all what? Joyful. Which means you're not maybe joy about what you're going through, but in it, you will have joy. It means if you do that, it will let joy perfect itself in you. You say, why is that so important? Because Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of these things that come at you, if you allow God, he will perfect his strength in you. And, and you will be stronger in that area. You'll be more victorious in that area. You'll be more of an overcomer in that area. Why? Because that's what God does. He will perfect his joy. You're not joyful for it, but you'll be joyful in it. Are y'all getting that? So the best way to think about joy is it's not a substitute. God doesn't just give you a good moment because you had a bad moment and he feels bad for you. Joy is not substitutional. Joy is transformational. I think we talked about this, I don't know if it was last Sunday, I think it might have been Wednesday night, but um, we all say that we like change, but I'm not sure we like change. You know why I know this? Y'all are sitting in the same seat you've been sitting in all year. <laughs> Remember that little patch of COVID where we had to assign you seats? Y'all were losing your mind. You about left Jesus over those, those three weeks. But yet the Bible talks about change. Let me give you a better Bible word. Than, than God doesn't want to just change you. He wants to transform you. 
See, sometimes change sounds painful and negative. Transformational sounds, I need that. So God wants to transform us. Amen. He wants to, joy, joy is empowering. Joy is regenerating. So are you with me? Location is everything. You get your heart, your mind, your voice, your feet, your hands on that living pathway this year. Here's the second life point. Ready for this one? Fullness is connected to connectedness. It's on the screen. If location is everything, then fullness, it's joyful, is not the year of joy, but it's, it, he said, in his presence there is what? Fullness of joy. But it depends on connectedness. So he said, in his presence there is a fullness of joy. That means a couple of things when you research that in Hebrew. The first thing it means is you see someone that you love, you run up to them, you wrap your arms around them, you kiss them, you hug them, and nothing else exists. Maybe that's how you smooched your mate this morning. Maybe not. I don't know. But it's a moment where nothing else exists because you're consumed with that. That's why the Bible says in his presence, that's how we can feel. It also means this, and I love this part. Um, have you ever, let's just give you this example. It's um, Thanksgiving, and you go through the line, and you get pretty full. Matter of fact, you, you, you feel a little immobilized at the table, but yet you go back again. <laughs> how, how many have done that? Like, because it's there. I have to eat it. It's Thanksgiving. It's the American thing to do, right? So you, you go back through line, and, and, and you... You eat more, and now you're just like, I can't move. I can't eat another thing. Give yourself two hours. What are you doing? Where are you at? Well, I got to have a little bit more mashed potatoes, a little bit more turkey. You can't stay awake because that's stuff that's in turkey. But, so it's this idea that you get so full that you feel like you can't eat anymore, but yet you want to. That's what it means to have the fullness of joy in his presence. Now, where does this start? On the pathway, which means I'm going to abandon other things. I'm going to be on this pathway. And in this pathway, he's going to cause me to know and be in his presence. And in his presence, guess what there is? Fullness of joy. Look at someone and say, that's good. So I know I said this, but he doesn't want you just to have joy. He wants you to be joyful. That doesn't mean your life is without problems because remember that's conditional that's not location and if a problem knocks on your door tomorrow you didn't expect you can still be joyful matter of fact the more you can stay full of joy the 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 the, the more you can overcome whatever's knocking at your door joyful everyone say joyful john chapter 15 says i have told you these things well what are those these things well I'm not going to read, but if you go back in the verses before, it's just talking about you being in union with Jesus, you being in life union with Jesus. You abiding is the word a lot of scripture, uh, translations use, that you're abiding in him. And look what it says if you're abiding. That just means you're remaining in his word, you're remaining in his presence, you're remaining in his location, you're remaining on his promises. This is what it says will happen. If you hold, I've told you these things, that my joy and my delight would be in you. So there's a difference between your joy and his joy. How many know joy is a fruit from the Holy Spirit? So when we say joyful, we're not talking about your condition of happiness. We're talking about his joy, his strength, his grace. 
And he says, if you do these things, or I've told you these things, that my joy and my delight may be in you, and then your joy and your gladness would be a full measure. They would actually be complete, and they might even overflow. <clears throat> Outside that pathway, if you're looking for a condition instead of location, it's not going to overflow. It's not going to complete. It won't be full. But in his presence on a living pathway, guess what? It's going to be full even to the place that it might overflow. How many like overflow? When it overflows, there's excess. It gets contagious. It'll rub off in other areas. Everyone say overflow. Some of you have been living in the undertow and God wants you to live in the overflow. Are you with me? Isn't that good? But it's connected to your connectedness. It's connected to your connectedness to your relationship with God, the path he has for you. All right, you ready for the last life point? Security depends on closeness. So what are we, what are we getting at here this morning? There's a living pathway. It's about location. It's about staying connected in that connectedness there's fullness of joy, and there's security, but it depends on closeness. How many know we live in a really, really insecure time? Anyone watch the news lately? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's good. Um, but I want you to get this. Could we... Could we be living in the most insecure time, yet the most secure time? Could the world itself be so insecure, but the church be very secure? Could we be living in a time that is so uncertain, but the certainty of all things are about to happen? Could we be living in the most confused time, but be so completely calm and courageous and confident that Jesus is coming and we're his church? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it can be uncertain. We can be full of joy. That's just like any situation or circumstance in your life with security. God wants us to be secure. So we talked about the word path, the word presence, and he uses this word pleasure. So he says, on my, I will cause you to know a living pathway, and in my presence on that pathway is fullness of joy, and at my right hand there are pleasures that are eternal. That word pleasure is a metaphor for strength. It means to be in the grasp of God, and it means the power of God. So think about this. The closer you keep yourself to his presence on his pathway, the more secure your life is going to be. The more strength you're going to have, the more power is going to be evident to you, and you're going to keep yourself firmly in the grasp, or I should say it this way, in the grip of God. Say, why do you say that? Because it says, at my right hand. That's, that's a picture of closeness. In my right hand. I can keep my grip on you. It, it's a place where we trust him. It's a place where we enjoy his goodness. It's a place of delight. I would put it this way. that It's a place of relying on God that makes your life very resilient. So if we need to hear anything, the hour, the day, the moment that we're living in is root out whatever has, keeps taking you off the path of faith, keeps you in the path of doubt, takes you out of the path of joy, takes you out of the path of peace, whatever you got to do, root that stuff out, get on a living pathway in your heart, your mind, your words, your purposes, your passions this year, 
and you'll experience the fullness of joy and you'll keep yourself in a place where he has a tight grasp and grip on your life. And what will you experience? It's a metaphor for strength, security, power. Isn't that cool? But what I'm, I'm giving you that challenge this year that I believe in that experience because, um, you know, I can get up here during this month and just say, it's a year of joyfulness. And you all are believing me right now because it's the new year and it's fresh and we're, we're doing this, we're doing that. But I want you to know that there are things you have to do with your life to keep yourself in the right location so you can experience those things. Just because I said it doesn't mean that it just happens. So I want to challenge us to, to be alert, to be awake, to be vigilant about all of those things. Amen. Amen. So uh, let, let, let me say this to you. Um, I, I gave you three challenges to prioritize. And, and I didn't study these out. This is just God said, tell them this with this idea of his pathway. So what I'm saying to you is keep yourself in the right places this year and you'll experience fullness of joy and you'll keep yourself close to God. You'll, he'll keep a tight grip on your life and you'll see strength and, and victory and joy um, I believe it, it to a next level in your life. But I want you to prioritize these three things. And I've said these things throughout the month. But the first thing is I want you to prioritize his presence. Prioritize his presence. Look at someone and say presence. Romans chapter 12 verse 12 says, let this hope burst forth within you. Releasing a continuous joy. Don't give up in trouble, but commune with God at all times. There's something this verse tells us, that if we're in communion at all times, that means being consistent in his presence. There's some stuff that's going to happen. Even in the times of trouble, hope is going to burst forth and joy is going to be released. So if you come up against a challenge, I, what I want to challenge you to do, I want to challenge you um, to stay in his presence. I want to challenge you to be in a place of his presence and... And watch joy and watch hope burst forth in your life. You say, what do you mean prioritize his presence? I mean, carve out some time. You say, well, what do I do? And it could be in your car. It could be at home. It could be on your lunch hour. It just means, you don't have to spend three hours with God, but spend some moments. Spend some moments. Just put on some worship music. Just get your mind on him. See what he says to you. You might need to log out of Facebook. Is that still a thing? My daughters say, that, Dad, that's, that's all, but some of you, you're older than me, so you, you're, you just found Facebook, like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> it's not inherently bad in itself, but you, need, you might need to turn off Twitter. At what I'm saying to you, you make time for that, so make some time for him. See what he's saying, see what he's doing, because that's a key to being full of joy. And here's the second thing I said to prioritize is his promises. Jeremiah says, when your words came, I ate them. They were joy and they were my heart's delight for I bear your name. His words. That means his promises. That means open his Bible, open your Bible, find the promises of God and just say amen. I agree. He says you're an overcomer. You don't have to feel like an overcomer. It doesn't even have to look like an overcomer, but you say, I agree. It may not appear that you're victorious, but you say, I agree. Get the word of God, eat the word of God. What's it say? It produces joy. And, and here's, here's the other thing. 
is prioritize his people. Prioritize his people. Psalm said this, says this, I was overjoyed when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. I believe within those three things, those are priorities we need to make. Man, if COVID did anything, it caused us to disconnect. And I, I'm glad we do reach a lot of people that can't be here with our live stream. And our guys do a really good job with live stream. And when COVID hit, that wasn't an area. A lot of churches had to figure out how to do that. That was just something that we particularly were good at. Um, some churches are better at other things. That was just something that we, we, we had some expertise in. And I'm glad that it's there. But unless you can't be, I'm telling you, we need to be in the house of God again. I, I just, I'm telling you. That's what scripture says. And church has become an afterthought. It's fallen in the wayside of everything else. Now listen to me. We can be at everything else our kids need to be or want to be at. We can go in all these other directions. I'm not saying you can't ever take a vacation. I'm not saying it. But I'm saying our regular habit needs to be God's house. Because God, when God does something, he does it through his house. It's just how he has chosen to do it. Amen? So check yourself. That's part of staying on that pathway. That's part of staying on that pathway. Did y'all get something good out of that? Now, <clears throat> with that idea, I want to sit down and be Pastor Aaron for a moment, not Preacher Aaron. Um, I, I want to I want to just talk to you about a few things that are are on our hearts for the next um, few months. And then we'll do a song and we'll, we'll do communion. So on the screen, you're going to see a picture of this card. It's just our core values. And this is just, just a moment for vision. So just let this sink into your, to your hearts. Um, these are some things we're just, we're just kind of passionate about. And the first one there is we're just passionate about being purposeful. That means... Um, we're intentional about fulfilling our assignments. There's an assignment on our church. It's not identical to a church across town, and that's okay, but, but we're really passionate, and you should be passionate about the assignments on your life. You, you, you don't want to end your life with all of your assignments unfulfilled. We want to hear God say, well done, faithful servants. And if you're still here and breathing, your assignments aren't over. Did y'all get that? I know some of you want to check out, but if you're still here and breathing, no matter your age, there are still some assignments for your life. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And our, our assignment is, it's all about what? It's about changing lives, life change. Can, can we just, can we do a, a survey real quick? Um, since you have come to this church, started attending, if you're new, you don't have to answer this, but is there anyone in here that said, God has used this church to really change my life? Has he changed anyone's health? Has he changed anyone's business? Is there any marriages that have been changed? Man, 
God's good. God is, God is good. The, the second one is that we are really passionate about connection. And life is just better together. Um, God puts you in a local community of faith. He puts you in a local church. Um, one, because that church needs you. And two, you need that church. That's why you've got to find not the church that just you think you should be in, but the church that God's assigned you to be in. Because there's a matter of life in that assignment on that church that God wants you under. How many know if you go through a health crisis, you need to be in a church that preaches healing? You need to be in a church that preaches blessing. You need to be in a church that preaches deliverance and freedom. Faith. Amen. And also on that list is growing. We're, we're learning to live a life of faith. You say, why is that so important? Because Romans says faith is the key. God provides it by grace. We receive it by faith. Amen. So let, let me stop after those three, and I'll come back to the last two, and just share some things that we feel God is, is putting on our heart. I mentioned um, this a little bit ago, but we're, we're right now receiving offerings to carpet our generations building. So as soon as you can help us do that, we'll get that out of the way. And some other projects we're talking about is, um, you know, we're, we, we use our, our outdoor facility. It's amazing. And we want to get some restrooms down there. And, and um, God told me this, I want a sand volleyball court. <laughs> I think God told me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? All right. Well, see, you confirmed it. Thank you, Jesus. That, we we want to develop that for, for recreation. Um, we're talking about just stuff we're talking about. Um, we're talking about a, a gymnasium. We just have an awesome campus, and we, we want to, um, we've been talking about how to expand, and, and we haven't figured all that out yet, but um, how many know it's good to be talking that way? Amen. Um, some other things that I wanted to share with you, and this goes right along with just being connected to God's people this year and in his house. So if, if, if you're a little hit and miss, I, I want to encourage you to, to get here all you can. If you're here pretty often, if you could get here outside of a Sunday morning, I believe it would even help you even more. And so um, every first Wednesday of the month is our first Wednesday night. And here's what we do. Um, not everyone comes, but there's a little bit of prayer before, but we start at 7. If you want to come to prayer, it's at 6.15. At prayer, we do a little bit of worship, teach a little bit, and we minister to people. This, this past weekend... Um, I talked about how there's an anointing of joy and we laid hands on every person in this building and it was like old time charismatic. It was, it was, wasn't it amazing? Um, and, and this Wednesday, we're, we're, we're going to lay hands on anyone that needs healing and then um, we always have connection and food afterwards. So, so get out to those. Now, God kind of put on our heart, at least during this first phase of the year, not to do groups, but to focus on a few areas. The first area, and so we'll be doing these regularly, more than just once a semester, is our, um, our lift nights. Lift is our men's ministry. So our next lift night is on the 15th, Wednesday night, be in the Generations building. And I believe God has something that he wants to do in our men this year. I say, what is it? I don't know completely yet. I say, let's just come and find out. 
So that's the 15th. On the 22nd is our Vibe Ladies Night. Ladies, I don't know what he wants to do in you, but um, apparently something. <laughs> so, and we're going to have those more frequently. So just get out here to them and see what God has for you. Um, we're also going to do some more Bliss events this year. Uh, our retreat is coming up. Uh, we, we announced that in our our announcements, but um, Pastor Steve and Tiffany Westcott will be with us. They'll also be here for that weekend, but they're going to empower our marriages. And so even if you're new here, just get your and your spouse out to it. But the, the, God's got something that weekend and we're, it's going to be a live event instead of a video event this year. So God's just doing something really unique um, at that. So, um, and, and so I, I believe that God also wants to launch some ministries out of our men and women's ministry. And we're just talking now, I think God wants to do something for prisons um, with our men. Not send them to prison, but let them. <laughs> and we got some, uh, I believe God wants to do some ministry out of our ladies' ministry to just help some, some young ladies um, out of a grace ministry. So we'll tell you more about that. Um, so I just wanted to, to share some of those things with you. Um, as far as our generations ministry, um, our heart is that we empower every generation. Not just the young, but all generations. But in particular, uh, obviously our generations ministry includes our kids point ministry, our youth ministry. And we're really looking and asking God, we believe he wants to raise up a young adult ministry. So we're working on that. We're thinking about that. But, but I want to take a moment before I wrap up this little portion and ask Jen if she would join me. If you don't know who Jen is. Um, Jen is actually, a lot of you may not know this, but um, Jen was in my youth ministry in Canton, Ohio. I cannot get away from her. She followed us here. Um, but she, she, um, she has served, she's been faithful in all kinds of areas. She will, has always done whatever we needed. She was one of our student leaders, and she's been faithful here. And a couple years ago, she um, took the leadership of our Kids Point Children's Ministry. And so we're, we're adding something to her this year. A at the end of last year, or actually it's been a whole year ago, um, me and Pastor Devin had a conversation, and I just felt like he needed to focus on youth ministry or creative. And he just... He just felt like he needed to focus on creative. So he, he's, he's on vacation right now. He didn't go anywhere. but um, So he hasn't left or anything, but he's moved into a creative role, and his creative juices have been flowing like crazy lately. But so honestly, from that point on, we had that conversation. I went looking for who was supposed to lead our youth ministry for a year, and God kept speaking through my wife, and I wasn't listening at first, and... Um, finally, God started speaking to me. So we, we gave Jen some admin help, and we moved her over both the youth generation and the um, Kids Point ministry. And so they've got some different programs happening on Mondays. So if you have teens, get them out. Get them out here on Mondays. I'm just changing things up. And, and, and so um, she, she just took it on with the same zeal and passion. And so we felt, Pastor Diane and I, that we were supposed to... Um, ordain her as a pastor on our staff along with um, the rest of our pastors so what I want to do is just take a moment lay hands on her 
and have you guys just extend your hand up here. We're going to welcome her as uh, on our pastoral staff. I told her she has to behave now. So um, if you just stretch your hand up here. Father, we thank you for Jen and her life. And God, in front of all of this crowd, in front of our church at this moment, God, we publicly ordain her and anoint her, not just to direct the ministry, but to pastor our generation's ministry. God, I know she has a heart, just not for the little ones, but for those teens. And God, um, under her leadership, God, I believe that ministry and revival and faith is going to flow through our young people. So we ordain her and call her to ministry and recognize that right here, right now, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the last item on that card is serving. It says we're passionate about serving others with excellence and honor. Everyone that comes here from other churches, speakers, even uh, staff from Gateway, they say this. They say there's excellence in this place. And I want to commend you for that because I believe excellence is a magnet for the favor of God. Uh, Hopefully you see excellence in the way we do things, how things look. But when I came here as the pastor, I was told to my face, you can't have excellence here. So I sort of got a little rebellious. I'm like, oh, yeah, watch this. Um, Anyway, so I I believe when you honor God, he honors those things. And so I just want to enlist your help, especially Pastor uh, Jen um, just getting going in the student ministry. We, we, We could really use some help in our student ministry to help us serve those young people. It could be anything from helping with food to helping with games, helping with such, those sort of things. So, man, if that's tugging on your heart, we could use some help there. Also, um, Starting Point is coming up February the 12th. That's where you can become a part of our team. And uh, we, we, we have openings for help for our team, and, and we're going to be adding uh, another service in the near future. We're trying to milk this out and keep everybody together as long as we can, but we're going to have to add some services, which is a good thing. Amen? Um, so we just need some help. You could help us serve um, in, in our audio, video area, uh, in our kids, in our different areas. So, um, so please get signed up for that, or if you're already serving in another area, it's like, man, I want to plug into that too. So that's my pastor speech. I went from preacher to pastor. And can I be a prophet for a moment? The Lord popped a story up in my thinking and in my heart. And I know you know the Bible story. of Lazarus and God told me to go back and read that story so I was reading through that story and a few things popped out that are relevant for us so Jesus is ministering and he gets word that his good friend Lazarus was sick and he was dying so they sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was dying And this is the response of Jesus. This sickness won't end in death for Lazarus, but it will bring glory and praise to God. And this will reveal the greatness of the Son of God by what will take place. That's a really interesting response. One of your best friends is dying. This is not going to end in death. 
but it's going to end in an opportunity for me to reveal the greatness of God. And Jesus did something strange. He stayed two more days. Now, how many know when you go through something, what you don't want to hear from Jesus is, give me a couple days. So he waits a couple more days. Then he, he gets there and right before he goes, I should say, Jesus finally, after two days, turns and says, let's go awaken Lazarus. Let's go awaken Lazarus. He says, for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there because now you have another opportunity to see who I am so that you will learn to trust in me. Come, let's go, let's see Lazarus. Jesus gets almost to the house of Lazarus and Lazarus's sisters show up and, and they say, Jesus, if you wouldn't have wasted two more days, your friend, our brother, would still be breathing. Jesus looked at her and said, didn't I tell you that if you kept believing, you'll see God unveil his power? Jesus called them together outside the grave, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walked out of the grave, and Jesus said, take those grave clothes off of him. And say, what does that story have to do with this morning? So Lazarus spent his days and nights in that grave. And I was thinking about this. It's been three years since COVID. It's been three years since COVID. And many of us said, God, where are you? Why did this happen? What is going on in our world? Why has everything been turned around, changed, uncertain, and challenging? And I think God wants to say the same thing when we say, why and where have you been? God says, but this will be for my glory. And I'm about to show off my greatness in my church, for my church, and through my church. in your life, for your life, and through your life. You may feel like you've been in the tomb for three years, but Jesus said this will not end with the church being mocked. This will not end with God being mocked. This will not end with your life being mocked. It's time, God says, to awaken your life, to awaken your heart, to awaken his church. And this is what God says, church, come forth. He's saying this over your life, Roseanne, come forth. BK, come forth. Phil, come forth. Will, come forth. He's calling forth the promises out of your life. He's come, calling forth the goodness for your life. He's calling forth the purposes out of your life. He's calling forth the joy from your life. So we are at 1122 on the 29th of January, and this is your word. Take the grave clothes off. 
drop the doubt, drop the fear, drop the disbelief, drop the shame, drop the guilt, drop it, and leave the grave clothes here this morning. Drop them. He's calling you forth. He's unwrapping you from the grave clothes. He's releasing joy on your life. He's calling you out of the tomb you're in. He's calling the church out of the back row that it used to be in. If you believe that, can we stand to our feet?